to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host Aurora and I'm very happy to introduce you to Nick Gemmel today. Make sure to check out his podcast called Pipe Dream Podcast. He has worked in the oil and gas industry for quite some time and yeah, there was a point where he got too lost in the big money making and his wife served him the divorce papers. Nick shares his story here on my podcast today. Very vulnerable, very raw, and he will also tell us what he's doing nowadays. Inspiring, mentoring other guys and girls to stay connected with their families while making big money, to take good care of themselves while working hard never-ending hours. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Nick Gemmel, please introduce yourself and your mission here. Oh, yeah, and uh, thank you for allowing me to be on your show. It's, it's fantastic to find you on the old Facebook land, but yeah, um, yeah and my mission is uh, after my separation, um, my wife of oh just about 15 years i say just about like so close uh um and living in the oil and gas industry for um uh, since 2005 and being in the trade since nine, 1998 i just found myself being i just knew it wasn't her and it wasn't our relationship um it didn't have to go that way um and there had to be a better way to live this oil field lifestyle. And uh, so my mission now is to create stronger families by creating stronger men and being present in the household and um, being present with your kids and, and a potential, well, now a potential new partner and uh, just learning to have it all where before it was just about the money. And if we had more money, things would be okay. And it's not the case, as I found out. So, yeah, uh, I'm also very, very happy that we connected on Facebook because both our missions are very much in alignment. Um, and what I hear is that was it your wife like pushing for the financial security, and or was it both? Uh, Oh, no, it was both of us for sure. Like, I could spend money like no tomorrow, but you get caught in that, you get caught in that, that cycle of just more, more things, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then you just create this space where that's all you're doing is I, I referred to myself as an ATM, where mm -hmm. that's how I felt. It was, uh, that's the only room away at work now is just to make money and then, and everyone's going to be happy. But we, you know, as a couple, we created that lifestyle of abundance of things. Mm -hmm. Not not time, not space, but things. Yeah. And not addressing it for, well, you know, we were together for almost 17 years. Um, where, yeah, you all you're doing is just, you're just worried about the next paycheck and where that's going to come from. Mm -hmm. and and it'll consume you 
to the point where you just lose yourself and then resentment and anger and all of these things will just come out of seemingly out of nowhere, you know, in conversations and, and that's, and it's just not a healthy environment and a healthy relationship. Yeah. And what a couple, um, listeners might not know when in Canada here, we talk about oil and gas industry, it's long hours of work, um, weeks and weeks of work. I don't know what your schedule was. You can share with us uh, in just a second and being like living away from your family, making a shit ton of money <laughs> and then having weeks off. So where you can just party and spend your money and everything. We don't really have these kind of jobs. Maybe we have in, in, in Germany, but when I moved here to Canada, and studied agriculture, <laughs> I met a lot of guys who worked in the oil and gas field before. And they said, it's, it's so crazy because you are so young as a guy, you make so much money. And then all these women are coming and are so attracted to you because uh, you are the number one provider now. Um, so there's a lot of pressure involved, but there's a lot of ego drivenness um, involved too yeah. so what was your um, schedule like and then afterwards I would love to know what made you break out of, of that system yeah and so my schedule it changed a lot um, and going back to you know the reason the reason why I was attracted to uh, the oil and gas industry was because a hundred percent because of the money and what the freedom that I thought that would give. Mm -hmm. So when my daughter was, when we found out my daughter was going to be born, I was working at a shop in Southern Alberta where, you know, in Lethbridge, Alberta and um, not making much money, even though I was a journeyman welder, um, a pressure welder. So I was at the top of the food chain as far as, as money, but it just, To me, it wasn't enough. I freaked out when I started realizing what we just did when we decided to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, my, I freaked out and quit my job um, and started and decided I was going to go on my own as a, as a rig weld. So, you know, my own welding truck, my own company and everything. And uh, I worked commercial for a few years where I was just working five days a week. Um, in Southern Alberta. So I was home weekends and, and all of that. So it was, it was good, but I went from living at home every day, you know, working at home. That's what my wife at the time knew was me being home every day. Mm -hmm. And then I just up and quit without even consulting her. I just, this is what the family needs. And that's, I, yeah, not a good idea, mm -hmm. but she was very, She knew that world um, a little bit, um, so she was supportive of it. And, and uh, but we never had the discussion of what is this actually going to do to us. Mm -hmm. So I went from working weekends, and then I discovered the oil field, and then I was working in Southern Alberta, where I was around um, back most weekends again. But then I started taking jobs farther and farther away, which, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, I'm working 56 days away was like all of a sudden I found myself. 56 days and I'm out in the middle of nowhere and it's 
that affected me huge and I wasn't even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, started drinking more and like zero drinking at the beginning. And then at the end of the 56 days, like, you know, slobbering drunk in my room, mm-hmm. you know, as something to do, you know, something to do. And, uh, and then went from there to working even more crazy shifts, like three months away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, yeah. And not once having the conversation of what that was doing to us, mm-hmm. you know, and doing to me and doing now she's had two kids at home mm-hmm. and man, it was just, you know, now it's huge. Uh, daily awareness is what I teach because of that. Um, yeah. And having those conversations when that's up and the awareness of, man, why, why am I drinking so much now or sedating I'll call it right not mm-hmm. everyone has that has mm-hmm. that issue but everyone has a phone with Facebook and you can sedate with that pretty freaking easy so yeah. <laughs> so yeah this the progression was um home now we're gone for a few weeks now we're gone for a few months and wow it just and all of a sudden like 10 12 15 years of that and not dealing with it once Mm. And having that conversation, hey, are you okay, babe? Like, are you okay? Yeah. Did we have that conversation? Because she was very strong, very strong woman, right? Mm. But, but internally, it was eating both of us, and we never addressed it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's the hardest to, yeah, be aware of of stuff, especially when it comes to relationships, and you feel, oh my God, we're falling apart, but we can't allow this like we have to stick together now this is us and we're not going to talk about it because chances are the conversation is going to end up in a fight or in a breakup or and you coming home you probably just want to like relax and and be with your family and not have a huge discussion about uh, life and if everything is okay like you just wanted to (laughs) i don't know Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. Like coming home, you just, you felt entitled because now you've made your money. She's yeah. raising the kid, you know, but, you know, and none of that is wrong. Um, in if that's what we decided, right? Like we we decided that together, that was the way it was going to be. Not, not for a chauvinistic, chauvinistic way, but it was for the kids, right? A benefit for the kids to be raised by their mother. Um, But over the years, when you miss birthdays, you miss anniversaries, you miss all of the thing, you know, the first words, you miss, there wasn't cell phones as prevalent, uh, well, they were, but we never used it to what we could now, right? Mm -hmm. You miss the first steps, you miss miss all of those things, the inside jokes, and then it just creates resentment. And, And you're just not... I mean, it doesn't have to be, but when you're not discussing it, like you said, um, and having those, you do. I felt entitled that I came home, I could just go do what I wanted. Yeah. I came home, I could go golfing for on a golf trip for three days when I'm only home for four. You know, like, I felt entitled because I was making the money. Yeah. And the crazy part is working with the men that I work with now, a lot of them aren't in the oil field, they're tradesmen. Mm-hmm. they um they're home 
but they have the same issues mm-hmm. when they're home. And, uh, and I bring this up because it's a huge point, um, you know, to relate it to, to your listeners that maybe aren't in this, in this industry. And it doesn't have to be because you're at home. Like if you're grinding at the office for, you know, 12, 14, 15 hours a day and you come home, you, you're not there yeah. a lot of times. You might be physically there, but you're not mentally active and present in the in the home. Mm-hmm. And your kids see it. Your wife sees it. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, yeah, huge mission. Part of my mission now is creating that um, that space where you can be present mm-hmm. and tools to be able to make that happen. Um, and when you are living that life, yeah, because you you know you chose to create it, yeah so so beautiful and so precious because when i moved here it was 2015 16 the suicidal rates were pretty dramatically high and now it's gotten better there's less cases but there's still too many guys who choose um suicide as a solution and i believe too that if we focus on men you know, when it comes to domestic violence, of course, there's the odd violent woman, <laughs> but it is mainly men who who start to disconnect or become aggressive and violent. And if we can start to understand more what is going on there and, and know as women, hey, how can we approach you? How can we support you? And how can we make you feel as if um, being a provider is awesome, but we also see something else in you. We remember who you were before all that money and to to bring you back to your heart, you know, away from your ego, your, your head, your drivenness back to your heart. And um, so that's why our both our missions are, are so interconnected. Um, what was the point where you um woke up like was it a slap from one hour to the next or was it a slow awakening where you sensed oh my god I'm not myself anymore and what is this well that is a great question because and this is and this is what I learned when I was in rehab in Thailand and I know that um, might sound why the hell would you go to rehab in Thailand Oh, I totally get it. <laughs> I, right? Like Bangkok. People get lost in Bangkok, right? Like, so that's why I say it like that, right? Like, but um, when I was there, and I never looked at it this way, um, was that life was throwing pebbles, or something bigger than me was throwing pebbles. And when I say by pebbles, like warnings that you are out of alignment. Like you are off course, maybe get your shit together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, and when I say, so, and looking back, so starting with like just arguments, right. Arguments with my, with my wife, uh, friends saying, Hey, maybe you should get back home. Like maybe you should not be in Lethbridge here at your motorcycle shop and you should be at home with your wife right now you know, that's five hours away. When I wasn't working, I had another business in, uh, in Lethbridge, um, when I was not in the oil. Um, so 
so yeah, so I was hiding at my other shop when I should have been home. Um, hey, also friends saying, hey, maybe you should you should freaking go home. And I, oh no, we're fine, we're fine. Um, getting warnings from you know at work, you know, like you're you're a negative person, like you should maybe change your your attitude and brushing it off. All of these things were going on, and then all of a sudden, boom, gets slapped with divorce papers. Mm-hmm. Right? Or no, I, I will. I got thrown out of the house. So, <laughs> I, not pre-divorce papers thrown out of the house. So that was the biggest. I thought at the time, you know, you would think that that was the boulder that took me out. No, my ego. I was just blaming her still. So now I'm out of the house. She wants a she wants a divorce. She wants to be separated, but no papers have been drawn up. What do I do? I'd run to a shiny 29 year old girl and hang out with her for like eight months. You know, <clears throat> even then, not realizing what I just did um, in causing in my portion of 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 this um, relationship falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I seen a picture of her with a guy at a hockey game <laughs> where I had exploded and I finally realized what I did. Oh. I pushed her away so far, right? Like we're separated. I'm with somebody, you know, I was with somebody else, even though I left her. And now I see this picture of her with somebody else and my head just explodes. And I was in a dark place as it was. I call it the pit. Mm-hmm. But now it's all come becoming real, mm-hmm. right? And now the the suicidal thoughts, uh, the the anger, um, yeah, it was just unreal. And mm-hmm. that was that was the boulder that. Um, was finally, you know, that was the universe finally saying, hey, man, you need to wake the fuck up. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so from that, I was in a pit for a couple months of just every day just wanting to end it. Mm-hmm. Every day just wanting the pain to go away. Yeah. You know, but never, you know, starting to take accountability for it in my mind, but like still just blaming the hell out of her mm-hmm. for, for everything. Yeah. So it was then I went to, I tried to get her to come to couples counseling. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, she never showed up, didn't show up for a couple, uh, uh, couple sessions. And finally the therapist was like, Hey, we sh- we should just talk about you maybe, or would you like to talk about you? You said a few things now and I'd kind of like to, you know, let's just talk about you. I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> and in in that in like one conversation, and she didn't even say it. I was like, man, I am, I have an addictive personality. I knew that already, but like, I started to ask questions. Why? Like, why? Why do I want to sedate so much? I was using. By that time, I wasn't even drinking anymore. I was I was training. I was I was a bodybuilder. I was powerlifting. I competed in both. Mm-hmm. I started steroids for the last two years. I was dieting for a mofo for like 
three, well, almost three and a half years, almost four, but mm-hmm. like no cheat meals. So I, I was using fitness and nutrition as my sedation. And if I only had to worry about eating every two hours, I had training, you know, only worry about training and my cardio. Mm-hmm. And all of this, all these things were falling, falling apart all around me. Mm-hmm. And it was just not dealing with life. So I've been addicted to golf, for God's sake. Like, are you kidding me? You know, golf. <laughs> golf. So, you know, so the awakening was was just, man, you got to get yourself. Suicide is not the answer. Ending my life is not the answer. I have two small kids at home. Like, just get your shit together, man. Like, it's, it doesn't have to be this hard. <laughs> so I just put myself, my ass in a plane, went to Thailand, where they were advertising at this one place, mindfulness. Are you kidding me? I was raised in a locker room. I don't know what mindfulness is. Meditation, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm like, man, I know nothing about any of this stuff. But you know what? I, I'm in. Because what I'm doing is not working. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is. So I just went away and uh, for two months and just, so I'm there with drug addicts, alcoholics from all over the world. Yeah. And it was there. I was like, man, you know what? I am no different. Like I've made close to $500,000 in a year and I'm no different than this kid, this 19 year old kid from Brisbane you know, is addicted to cocaine. Mm-hmm. Like he's wrecking his life. I wrecked my life. Like, are you? <laughs> and that's where it started to click. You know, I'm just a human. And my struggles aren't any different than his. I've just made it way harder than it needs to be mm-hmm. by, by living the life that I chose, by mm-hmm. being gone for months and months by not talking to my wife, by just holding it all inside, trying to act like I was the one that needed to hold it all together. Mm-hmm. When it didn't, it was a partnership. And we were responsible for, for holding that together, however that needed to look like. And so all of these, you know, all these tools started, started coming my way <laughs> with the therapy and the, and the CBT and the meditation and, mindfulness are you kidding me what the hell is this and yeah and it was just you know man it was so cool just to just to release you know and actually be able to feel in a safe place you know even though I had no idea what once I started to cry and once I started to actually you know just sit in that and not run from it yeah you know I don't know if you've ever had, have you ever been in that place where, like, yeah, where you started to actually feel like you weren't trying to drive it into your big toes, like I like to say, all your feelings and all of your thoughts, like. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been there, and just like you, I escaped into the physical world first, like, exercising, like, excessively, Mm -hmm. and then yeah being even more closed-hearted and then I left my home country 
and got here to Canada and all of a sudden all the stuff that I was running away from for over 10 years came crumbling on top of me again and I was like holy shit like of course I needed to exercise because I had to keep that pain away you know I had to work around it and and not feel because it would be too painful and now all that protective system was taken away and you just stand there and that pain is is just so crippling and but then you can like you said you start crying again and that's when I feel it starts healing when you can cry because for many, many years, I was not able to cry. And it was, it was so weird. Like I had such a big tension inside of myself um, that I couldn't make sense of and crying really helped to, to release it. And yeah, man, thank you so much for sharing all this. Like, this is so beautiful and so yeah, I suffer with you when I when I listen to all your story. Like it's incredible what you had to go through there. Yeah, and and once I was able to put myself into a place of of you know just sur- surrender, like they teach you that in in rehab, right? Like yeah. surrender, but it's not something you can you can snap your fingers and all of a sudden ah, I surrender. I I still don't know if I'm fully there. I resist it, but I'm at least open to the fact of just where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be. Like yeah. all of this stuff was happening for me. And, and it was just, I would not be the person that I am today to be able to lead others out of this if I did not go through all of that. My kids wouldn't, if I didn't wake up from where I was going, like, it's not like I was using crack on the side of the road. I was, right? Like, we still would have had somewhat of a relationship. We still would have whatever. But, like, I would not be able to to do the cool thing I do with them now, to have the conversations that we have. I would not be able to um, give them like our future generations of my bloodline have a chance to change what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bragging, but it's just, I'm doing my little part now because all of this stuff happened. And I, I allowed to, to, you know, start using it for good um, instead of just carrying on the way that I was carrying on. My kids should not have to just think that money is, is going to save everything you know money is going to make make a a happier family Mm -hmm. it's so now you know i'm teaching my kids about values i'm teaching my kids about like having a life mission where you know and this is what i teach the guys is and this is where the shift happened is when started to figure out what my values actually were my top three to five values yeah. And now anytime that I make a decision, every time that I make, uh, we live our life now in the program um, that I run on 90 day targets. And that's part of the CBT model of just action driven items, mm-hmm. right? And small wins every day where if you're actually tied to your values on a daily basis and come back to them, you know, intentionally in your mind, am I 
Am I on point? Am I on mission? Mm-hmm. Well, now we can start to make sense of these decisions that we're making. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for me to leave three months at a time? Right now, no, for me. But I teach people that it, they can, as long as they're making these daily deposits in all areas of their life. Yeah. And they're, you know, when you're alive, like we, I teach now because of where I'm at, because I know I'm a high producer. I want to produce big shit. And I know other men are that way. So we teach it as you can't have it all. Mm-hmm. Where you can't have a body that functions. You can't have a, and, and produces big results. You can't have a, you, I, don't even, I didn't even know what fulfillment was before. Mm-hmm. So we teach people how to be fulfilled on a daily basis. But they create it. Yes. Right? It's not I'm, anything I'm external. Yes. Yeah. And and the relationships, you're responsible for your relationships every day. So, you know, we ask dudes to send text messages of love, honor, and appreciation every day. But the, the key is why, like attaching why that is. It's easy to say you love someone, but why on a daily basis? Yeah. And we teach guys to be, uh, um, to learn something and teach something every day in their business or if they're not self-employed in their finances you know what you learn about finances today and apply it and teach it to somebody so that you um so that you learn it better you know so in your body you're being your balance in your business you're learning you know you're tied to those every day yeah and you're aware of your values on a daily basis and now you're looking at 90-day targets based on those values and then you're creating those daily habits based around your your 90-day targets. Well, life seems a lot easier when I can just look three months down the road instead of just, okay, where do I want to be in 50 years when we've seen that it, it, life can change? In a, you know, mine was my divorce. Mm-hmm. But now so many people weren't even aware of this, you know, and I hate bringing back to COVID shit, but it is. Like in an instant, the world can change. Mm-hmm. But why get overwhelmed with that? Because we have zero pullover. So zero. So let's just look at our values. Let's just look at our mission. And let's look at our 90-day targets every day. Are we on point? Are we making better decisions? What can we do to push forward? And those daily wins are what just creates this mind frame of now I'm happy. Now I'm able to, I'm able to, and that's when you get present, when you know you're making better decisions and you don't want to run from shit. Mm-hmm. And when it does pop up, you've now created the space to be able to do that and not be angry and not, and not be resentful. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what I found works very well. So beautiful. Like you, since you're creating an army of love there, warriors that will be heart driven again. And yeah, such precious work. And once again, like this is another story where a human being had to go through tremendous pain first um, to then wake up and now supports others to. Yeah, maybe get to that point without having to suffer as much. And then with we help people to find shortcuts kind of thing, right? And 
Yeah, as long as someone's open to listening, like that, and that is my mission. But you know how hard it is to deal with men. I mean, well, you do. You yeah. and uh, we don't like to listen to anybody unless we're in enough pain. And this is the problem with society. Yeah. Just make these changes now, like whether it's it's what I'm teaching or what you know. If you want to listen to Brene Brown, if you want to listen to yourself, Aurora, like find something that works for you mm-hmm. and just go do it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. But you don't have to wait till you're slapped with the divorce papers. You don't have to wait like I did where my daughter's sitting in a truck with me, you know, telling me, dad, we don't know you. Like you were, you were always gone. And when you were there, like you weren't there. Like, mm-hmm. do you want a 14 year old daughter telling you that, you know, for all you that have young kids, like, is that what you want? Or do you want to just create the relationship? Start putting in the deposits now. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you don't have to wait for all of this shit to happen around you and crumble around. That is not the answer. Yeah. No, that's very precious insights that you're sharing. And I hope we have lots of people out there listening, uh, men as well as women, because women can get into that space too of, of being too driven and of being too fixated on uh, even in the dating world, you know, oh, I have to have children now because my clock is ticking or I have to have uh, this job now. Otherwise, I'm not attractive. Like it exists in in the women's uh, world as well. Um, So, yeah, no, I think uh, this was wonderful. One thing I want to want to add here is uh, your podcast. Can you please share with us the name of your podcast and where we can find you there? Yeah, um, uh, Pipe Dream Podcast, and the reason and my company is Pipe Dream Solution. Yeah. And the reason for and the reason for the pipe dream is we've all have this we all have this grand vision of our life. And I like to call it our pipe dream. And now I'm helping provide a solution instead of it being this magical unicorn. Let's see what we can do to, to, to create that pipe dream and actually make it a reality. And uh, you can find it on uh, the pipe dream podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Um, I keep fighting with uh, iTunes. They keep kicking me off. And uh, I just, yeah, I changed I change stuff up all the time and I screw it up and their rules are very, uh, <laughs> they're very, their rules are very strict on, on some things and uh, I haven't quite figured it out yet. So, so yeah, mostly yeah on Spotify and, uh, and anchor uh, you can find it on as well. So. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So make sure that you um, guys and girls out there check out Nick Gamel and his podcast and maybe even join you on facebook like i love the videos that you started making um i hope you're getting lots of good feedback there too you have a very like calm and soothing vibe plus i feel you're not like therapists or some spiritual teachers or motivational uh, teachers you're not hovering above people and looking down you're right in there with the people And this is why they can connect with you. They can see, hey, you're one of us and you want to share with us. And they don't see, oh, he wants to like teach us something here or dominate us or anything. So 
I know you're going to be very, very successful with what you're doing. And I feel so honored that you took the time to be here with us today. Um, I have so many more questions, <laughs> I must admit. So maybe we can, um, yeah, meet up again uh, soon and, um, yeah, learn more about you. Um, I'm going to end this session now. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, yeah do you have a, a last um like something that you want to share at the end something well, that you want to let know like the guys that are listening or the girls that are listening what i'd like to leave it on is just is this look yeah definitely take action and look at what your values could be um There's lots of exercises out there. Just Google it um, or reach out to me and I can run through a, a values training with you. But learn that first and everything else will start to make sense. You'll mm -hmm. see why you're pushing away from things. You'll see why, you know, it feels good when certain things happen in your life. You'll see why that makes sense. And to me, that was the biggest key is, is just learning your values. And it sounds, yeah, especially for dudes, like, yeah, it sounds crazy, right? And it sounds like something that's very unorthodox, but it's seriously, man. Like, I work out in minus 40 weather. I work out, you know, I ride a rigid chopper with no suspension. Like, I am a man's man, if you want to put it that way. And I'm talking about values. So if I can do it, like, listen, like, you can do it. And, and then your kids will see that. Mm -hmm. and, and you're changing you're helping to change um you're helping to change everybody's lives around you because you made that choice yeah. and it starts with you no no one's gonna do it for you yeah and that, that yeah i just that is a huge thing for me is no one is gonna come save you yeah. so make the change now whether things are going great or not mm -hmm. just make those small changes that you feel like me beautiful thank you so much badass warrior you are and wonderful role model for so many out there thank you for your time and yeah please let's connect soon again i appreciate you thank you <laughs> <laughs>